Good morning, everyone. Oh, hold on. Good afternoon, everyone. All of our millions of listeners. <laughs> and I am uh, truly honored today to be talking with Lyle Henry. We are at the Songhees Wellness Center in, in Esquimalt. And I've been working with Lyle on uh, several labor market projects, and I've gotten to know him. He's an amazing man. And uh, so uh, so blessed and honored to be able to interview and, and maybe we capture a few stories on, on on this venue. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing really well. It's a good day to be alive and being able to connect with different people in the community. And it's it's really sunny. And I think it's the last one we're going to have in October, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not ex- exactly. Lyle, you and I have been working on a project on trying to connect our First Nations community to um, to uh, industry leaders and industry employment, and we've talked a lot about uh, about the barriers to that happening and the reasons it's not happening, and we've also conversely talked about the reasons it can happen. So, um, just want to chat with you about that today. Maybe capture a few thoughts. Maybe where we've been, where we are, where we're going. Yeah, it's just a small task, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know where you want to start, but I'd well, love to hear I'll some of your ideas. Start with your questions and see where it leads, I guess. Okay. Okay. So in, in terms of um, local, the, the local First Nations bands, I think there's 13 of them on the southern Vancouver Island. Uh, is that correct? 11. 11. Okay. Yes. And that's including the Friendship Center. The Friendship Center is in our territory, um, and generally, we acknowledge the Friendship Center. They they look after other First Nations who migrate to Matulia, meaning Victoria, and okay. reside here. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what has been the uh, process? What has been the Success. How have those nations and those that community um, integrated with with local jobs, local industry? How has that worked in the past? In the past, before we got organized with our non-Aboriginal friends, um, many of our people just just worked. They didn't need to connect through the band office employment person or or through any what we call HR people um, and those were the days where there was no cell phones and but if a person wanted to work and they were ready willing and able they just connected with other people and they got referrals like through and networks the, the, the network worked their really own well. network yeah, but in saying that, we had many First Nations who were in the upper upper echelon of management, I guess what they would call management now. They would be the ones hiring people. Okay, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it worked really well. Um, it was there an until? Until? Did something change? Changes, uh, retirement. and Okay. Yeah, and a lot of those jobs are non-existent now, like James Island and... The shipyards used to be one of the highest employers in our for Aboriginal people at one time. 
And and those connections were were through networks, but those don't exist anymore because those folks have retired or like I don't have an answer for you on that. I, sometimes I think we could just get too organized and right. You know, we 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 tend to rely on on HR people, and I'll put myself in that box. And what is your title here at Songhees? Your uh, official title. My official title is pro- uh, Employment and Programs. I, I, that's my official title. And, yes. Um, I was a director, but when we moved to this center, we kind of amalgamated, and we we have a you know just one because we're all so closely working together. But um, things managed to get changed. Uh, I, I mean, things change and evolve. Um, years ago, we were stagnated and. At one time, all Aboriginal people were self-reliant. And I get this from my father and my grandfather, and just looking back at how how our people took pride in providing for their families. Um, and a lot of that was in low-paying jobs, albeit they would they would collaborate their money and share it with, with their family and friends. You know, make sure that everybody, their quality of life, you know, was maintained, and we we subsidized our our income with local hunting and fishing, because fishing and hunting were primary to Aboriginal people at one time, and still, in many of our families, still hunt and fish. But uh, that resort, fishing resource, has gone down, and. Um, housing developments are all over, so you can't hunt it as we once did, and you know we've evolved and changed. So it's it's concerning, but um, you know life goes on. And that's evolved to todayish, where where there are networks, there are networks in which folks can integrate and and try to find work. Are those networks hard to? To, to break into? Are they hard to establish for um, for band members? Uh, are they all through you and a select few people? Or I have a hard time with that one. Um, you know, it's like a roller coaster. We go, you know, we have good networks and then we get stagnated. And, you know, I liken it to compare myself or First Nations programs and services to the municipality. You would never go to the municipality office for to look for workers no but somehow (laughs) industry wants to go to chief and council to right locate workers and at one time there was never in in their box of treasures but um i guess they need somebody to connect with and often chief and councils are the the people i envision that that's fine as, as long as they direct them to Employment um, counselors, and we we established and trained many employ- employment counselors in our community, and that was done through Coast Salish Employment Training Society. And we need more certified people, I guess, in that area. Um, albeit, we do a good job for what it's worth. In in the new technology days, um, we have uh, 
many sites were employment sites, Aboriginal employment sites. Yeah. Do those work? Either via Facebook or yeah or private websites that people have. You, and, you and I have been working on on a, uh, via this project uh, investigating uh, job boards and job databases and and even before we chatted, I was never a big fan of those. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm what they call a human fan. Which is, which is, you know, where's the humanity in how this is done? It, it's in talking to people. It's in engaging. It's having relationships. Uh, yes, I suppose if you get a lot of credentials and, and, you, and you match that up with the right jobs. But at the end of the day, it still, it still comes down to kind of who you know a little bit, isn't it? I guess in a sense, because there are many people such as myself in our we probably have one employment person in each of, the, of our communities, and we have others located off reserve. And many of our older, well, that doesn't sound right, but there's no way they're getting around it. Many of our council members on First Nations reserves um, do not utilize, or they don't like new technology, the new way of communicating. They're no different from from any other elder people, yeah. you know. The, they just yeah, <laughs> but uh, but here the, I, the, I try one to of the main you. things. Yeah. That the, one of my main ways of communicating with people is via Messenger and Facebook yeah. and our 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 websites that we have set up. And well, eventually, younger people don't come into the office. We need to get them in to do the the paperwork so that we can help move them along toward the full-time employment and whether that's resumes, uh, you know, updating their resumes and things. We just need to get them in. And you, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, technology adoption and, and how, how for some older folks that that's not happening. And, and that's true across society. There, there, however, conversely, there are older folks that are quite good at it, and you're one of them. Like here I came in, I've got a setup for those that don't know. I'm on a laptop and I use a an audio program called Audacity, and, and you were familiar with that program. Yeah, we did and our not, language pro, uh, right? <laughs> instruction and recordings through Audacity for people to log on privately, private access. They would contact me, and and then we had set them a password up, and then they would access our, our, our language website. And it was not only a language website. We had a job board on there, um, uh, family tree draw a board and other things yeah so you utilize technology it can be done yeah I I unlike many of our older people because I'm I'm not a spring chicken anymore I had a trade-off when I was an instructor in in school and some of our younger people wouldn't do some things uh, letter writing and handwriting some of those things so I made an agreement with them where if they did this, and they taught me how to use texting. And that was the first thing, you know, and hey, this is, you know, we gradually moved along together. They were teaching me things and I was teaching them things. Hmm. It was a trade-off and, you know, we were successful in many ways, I think, you know, that trying to connect with younger people. Sometimes we're, we're often too busy just to hear what our young people are really saying. Right. We have to slow down and we have to listen to what they're saying. Far too often, 
employment or band councils or they say yes and yes and yes and but they're not really hearing the real question from young people and they get frustrated. I understand that, you know, and many people understand that young people are frustrated because the people in in many of our older people are connected to in management positions, I guess, like myself, because I'm up there in age, so I always have to remind myself to to try and think like young people, hmm. you know, put myself in their shoes and hear what they're really saying. That's, that's great advice. That's great advice. We could all heed that advice. You mentioned earlier there were, there's an employment council really represent on every band. Um, 11 of them, therefore, in Lower Vancouver Island. Mm -hmm. So in the really practical manner of developing a network, if industry really wants to connect with First Nations community with regard to employment opportunities, that's where they would try to build a relationship. So with the Lyle Henrys of the other bands, is that is that kind of one step of many? It is, and often... Because employment offices get their funding from the from Service Canada or Indian Affairs or whatever Indian Affairs is called now, uh, INAC or they ha our chief and councils have to do or follow policies and procedures as based out from the funding source, and a lot of that sometimes clashes with what I call true service delivery. You know, they're accountable to those organizations. We should be accountable to the young people and our right. people, First Nations people. Um, and so we, we got so close about three or four years ago, we had an organization called um, Matulia was a short of it, but it was a group of five to six to seven employment people from each reserve coming together we set all the politics aside because, you know, they, re they have to report to the, their funding source, which is the chief and councils. But chief and councils would curtail that and say, you can't go to that meeting because we have our own meeting set up over here. You report to us. So we worked really good for about four years, maybe five, and then we slipped back into working the silos. Um, to me, it shouldn't matter what band you're from, A, B, C, or D. As right. long as you have the skills, you should, you should be, have the you opportunity to work. You should have that opportunity equal to anyone else. But sometimes bands, and they still do that today, they will hire band members, and they won't hire the most qualified person to, to that service delivery. And so, I don't know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but... I get really frustrated when silos is how decisions are made yeah, within the and, silos, and and yeah, the partnerships are really needed, you know, um, because employers want the same thing; they want the most skilled worker, and First Nations have money to have skill development. What I call skill development, whatever that is, we have the funds to move that along so that. A person's 16, oh, I shouldn't go that low. I'm not allowed to work with younger people. <laughs> but a person 21. 19 yeah. um, 
you know, it shouldn't matter where you're from. You, if you wanted to to l- learn to work, to have all the skills to work on BC ferries, we should be. It shouldn't matter where you're from. Yeah, you that, can be from Eastern Canada. We should be allowed to help them. Well, it's enlightening. A, a lot of folks could could use that advice. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm just sitting here learning mm-hmm. so much from you. Um, well, we're we're going to try to make a difference, you and I, through these projects and through these podcasts, and uh, capture uh, this great advice and start to let more and more people know how they can connect with you and others and to benefit from, from a First Nations community and all they can offer. Because from the industry side, we're just not doing that well enough. Their folks just don't know how to integrate with with, with the nations on the lower Vancouver Island. And we're going to stop that. <laughs> and we're going to start an active, productive dialogue. And it's through people like you. So, you know, we're sitting at almost 20 minutes. We've been yapping, you and I. Hey? <laughs> it doesn't even seem like long. So, day. yeah, I, I hope that we can do a couple of these a month, maybe more. I know that you'd like to start to, to do them yourself here at Songhees. Um, it's a way of distributing information that can get to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it does sound at the end, there's no tricks. There's no, um, there's no mystery. There's no magic. It's people talking to people, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lyle, do you have anything you want to say before we end our first session here? Oh, I, not, I guess the only thing I can say is thank you for coming in. And I've, I'm really enlightened when people take the time to investigate how we can come together as a team so that we can provide some meaningful service. Uh, to our young people. I always say young people because everyone that I help is younger than me, except one. I've had one. Oh, I, really? Yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge sometimes, but I think it can be done. Um, well, it can be done. We just have to get back to basics and talking mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. And you're, you were so important in the middle of the podcast, actually listening to each other. Mm-hmm. So on that note, why don't we, uh, why don't we call it a day and... Uh, I've got to teach you how to do these. And well, we'll, I already know how to use it. Actually. You do. You <laughs> just need the mic. And, um, and we will meet again. Okay. Lyle, thank you so much for your time. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs>